being the worst, episode 17, recorded Wednesday, November 21st, 2012. From beingtheworst.com, it's the Being the Worst podcast. Audio apprenticeships for the aspiring software craftsman. With your hosts, Carrie Street and Renat Abdulit. In this episode, Carrie and Renat wrap up the Car Factory sample domain with an introduction to view projections. The event messages that we generate represent the state of our aggregates. Projection classes can also listen for these event messages and generate views to provide query results to client applications. And now, here are Carrie and Renat. All right, guys. We just took a quick break from the last episode from a listener question, and I swear we're actually going to talk about projections. I won't even ask Renat a question other than, so Renat, let's get into your sample code about projections. <laughs> okay. So uh, the sample code for this episode, uh, it will contain the console, uh, just like previously. And if you start for it, uh, well, first we'll do quick uh, quick overview of what can be done with that, mm-hmm. and then we'll go into how it was done. Okay. And just like what we've been doing with the previous uh, code, we'll start with really simplified stuff that is not fully production ready. Okay. But is used can be used to illustrate the core concepts and correlations. For instance, like remember how we were starting with the simple message classes that were not really serializable, and in the end we get to full, uh, fully blown aggregate with event sourcing sample code, which is actually even more developed and more explained than the code that is used for implementing domain-driven design book of Wonderna. Yep. Okay, so in our console app, which were introduced in the previous episodes as a way to kind of explore domain and play with it and also as a way to test some complex service systems, we've added a few more commands, console actions. So what we can do right now is first uh, to write some stories and populate some, uh, well, some, uh, write some stories. So let's type story one. What we're literally doing is in the sample code, we're launching the console, the dot console project, and you'll get a command line uh, console popped up that it's sort of like a terminal to interact with the, this uh, this domain or whatever. So Renat's telling me the commands to type into that specific console that I'm running in Visual Studio. So you said story two or one? Uh, story space one, enter. Story space two, enter. Okay. Okay, uh, what has happened now, it's we, uh, the story, it's a console action which actually uh, bundles a few commands which are sent to the aggregate, uh, to the application service which hosts uh, factory aggregate. And the green, well, at least in my uh, system, it's green output, it's the list of events in human-readable uh, way, form, representation, uh, which were produced by aggregates which process these commands. And these uh, human-readable events, they can be read as stories. Yep. So literally when I type story one, the console was showing me in green a bunch of our events that you guys should be familiar with and echoing that out to the console. Story two did something similar. You know, new worker joins our forces, Luke. New worker joins our forces, Han, et cetera, stuff you've seen us do before. Yes. And if you remember, uh, within the aggregates, we were mentioning that there can be Whenever uh, an event is published within an aggregate, it's kind of being announced inside this aggregate. And there are some uh, people that are listening to that and that are updating their understanding of this world. 
Yep. And in that case, these were uh, the methods on the aggregate state, which were updating the variables on that aggregate state. Mm-hmm. And in essence, we can say that aggregate state, it's a projection from events of this aggregate, which is immediately uh, absolutely consistent with this uh, aggregate state uh, aggregate itself, which means that immediately as soon as the event has been published by the aggregate, its internal state is updated. Yeah, that's, I think, what I was renaming to like record and realize. Those two things sort of happen basically simultaneously. Yes. And so we can actually reuse this concept and uh, create some other projections which allow us to get answers for different questions. And in that case, these projections, they might address events coming from multiple factories. So, for instance, type factories, enter. Yep, and I get the ID, factory one and factory two, that it knows about and what's going on with how many workers in them and parts, etc. Uh, yes, so the factories console action, it went into the code and fetched the view, which was populated by the projection. And this view actually contains uh, information, a list of all factories and aggregate numbers about these uh, factories. In this case, it's uh, amount of parts in cargo and also amount of workers which were assigned to this factory. And I'm assuming later we'll get into how we actually define what you're calling a view and projection, right? We're working up to that. Yes. Well, uh, to get a simple uh, view or persistent model, it's a document. It's a document or detail which stores their uh, actual query result. It's kind of pre-calculated uh, query. Yeah, and I've actually heard you say that on your blog a few times. And I just want to restate that so that we, because I think it's something that we'll you'll hear again. And that is, you just referred to a view, also known as a persistent read model. Yes. Yes, which is a static piece of data sitting around in the DTO or a file or whatever that is sort of a snapshot of the state at a point in time, I guess. Yes, it's okay. a, it's eventually a consistent snapshot. Cool. Or it can be seen. It's like. It's a view of the system which we see through a prism. It's one perspective on, on the system. Mm-hmm. It's one projection of a state in the system. And a projection, actually, it's just a code that is subscribed to some events. And whenever any of these events come, it just updates its associated view. Oh, so the projections are the things that listen for those events that they care about, and then they're the ones that generate these uh, persistent read models, also known as views. Absolutely. Cool. So aggregate state, it's just projection of aggregate's own events into in-memory variable structures, into in-memory DTO. Cool. Okay. Uh, however, like when we will be doing projections later, projections, uh, non-aggregate standalone projections, they are usually most useful when they project events into some persistent view. Okay. And actually, uh, in some of the systems, we can have views stored in SQL database. Uh, like the view can be uh, dumped into SQL tables. Okay. And it doesn't matter because our projections, they are decoupled from events. They are decoupled from the behavior logic. And actually, given, like for instance, a factory sample with its own stories, from these stories, as we mentioned, we can derive multiple representations. And projection is one of the ways to get these representations. And in this episode, we'll be to- uh, we're showing how easy it is to get like three distinct representations. First representation is a factory overview. It shows a list of factories with uh, total numbers of workers and spare parts in the cargo. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously, if I uh, manually uh, type some commands, for instance, hire a worker, like to assign a worker to factory one, and then I re, uh, re-execute factories console action, then the resulting table uh, will be updated immediately. Hmm. It will, or to be precise, the console will pull up the latest version of uh, the view, which is immediately updated. I see. So, like, I'm going to try that. I was like, hire or something. I don't know the command syntax, but what is it? Hire one, uh, hire one octopus. New worker joins our forces. Octopus. Cool. Yeah. Then type factories. Cool. And then, oh, because, uh, yeah, I issued the command hire space one, it was telling this particular simple command line interface that I want to hire an employee into factory one and its name is octopus. So when I run this factories command again, factory one was in fact updated from two workers to three. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, type something else. Workers. That's uh, that's console action that fetches and prints out contents of a different uh, view. Yep. See the names of the employees for each specific distinct factory. Yeah, it says that factory one has Luke, Han, and Octopus. Factory two has Luke and Han. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of report that uh, fetches data across multiple aggregates. Hmm. Okay, and I think I've added uh, one more projection, which is inventory. And it is, uh, well, it's an inventory projection, and it can be uh, contents of the associated view can be displayed by typing inventory in the console. Yep. And I see, uh, yeah, inventory shows me the list of specific parts that have been added uh, at some point. Engine, two pieces available, lightsaber, four pieces available, etc. Yeah, so uh, this specific inventory projection actually displays a number of uh, car parts that were shipped to other of these uh, factories, but that have not been used to produce cars yet. So they can be either on the factory floor or they can still be in cargo bay. I see. Okay, and uh, let's actually uh, go into the code and see how this thing was implemented. Okay. Okay, so let's go, for instance, into the uh, factory list projection. Okay. Uh, So uh, let's imagine we're investigating unknown uh, code base, and let's search for uh, action that calls these factories. It's called uh, list factories action. So should I kill the console now? Yes, you can, or you can keep it running. You don't care. I don't care. Open console project and go to file console actions. Yes. Uh, and that uh, in that console actions file, find list factories action. It's uh, the class almost at the very end. Okay. Yep, I see it. Okay, so uh, this console action, it's just such as active, active factories from the environment, and it uh, prints it out to the display. That's simple. Okay. So... In this, uh, in this console currently, we're keeping all the persistence in memory, which means that if the console is restarted, then uh, like all the previous state uh, would have been lost. If this were a real UI, for instance, web UI, instead of uh, accessing environment.activefactories, mm-hmm. we would actually uh, call our database and would load the factories, the active factories document. Mm-hmm. Or we would call our persistence engine and ask for the blob or ask for the list. The point here is that, like in the, in the production case, the views are usually persistent. That's why they're actually called persistent trait models. I see. And you, when you've named this class list factories action, is action just a convention you use, or does action sort of mean something to the broader community that use, does this kind of stuff? Oh, no, it's, it's just a, uh, 
uh, act- executable action in the console. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, okay. Okay, and then please go to the main project. Domain project, okay. There is a new folder there called projections. Yes. And please open the file called Active Factory Projection. Okay. This projection is currently simplified. Uh, simplified in the sense that it uh, combines both in-memory state and the projection code. Okay. Uh, this is just for the sake of simplicity because I didn't want to introduce actual persistent logic uh, at this moment. Makes sense. But it will not change uh, the code much. All right. And so uh, this projection, it's simply a class that declares a few methods. Uh, probably you will rename them to something else. In <laughs> uh, that version, these are when method. So when factory opened, do something. Uh, when the argument. Uh, yeah, I, ha- I have debated the whens before, but I think I think at some point I resolved myself like, ah, when's actually pretty good. I might, who knows? No guarantees or not. But right now, I think when doesn't drive me crazy. <laughs> okay, terrific. <laughs> Uh, so uh, in this case, whenever when method is called, mm-hmm. we actually update like uh, the in-memory state, which is just a dictionary. Uh, in the production code, more often than not, we will uh, load some document from the repository and update it and save it back, or update a record in the SQL table. Okay, so I see where you know the name of this file, ActiveFactoriesProjection.cs, has these when events in it, and it's it's you know the good old familiar events that we're used to, you know, so when factory opened, when employee assigned a factory, etc. So it's obviously reacting to those events happening that are being announced by the aggregate state or wherever that was, the aggregate somewhere. Where is this projection running to be able to react in the first place? Okay, so the projection is a class that handles events and updates some state. Mm -hmm. And in this case, since this is currently simplified console, we're executing these events completely synchronously. So there are no uh, queues, either in memory or persistent queues. Mm-hmm. And we just wired the projection uh, immediately to the event store. Okay. So as an as, uh, event is published, as soon as we try to publish an event, it will actually, event store will actually push the events to all subscribed projections. So if you go into the class called uh, console environment, uh, it's in the console project. Oh, in the console project. And uh, b- before I jump over there, because I know I might have derailed us, were there other things we needed to say in that class, or are we going to go back to it? Well, not really. I think the projection is really, really straightforward and boring concept. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm in the console environment class inside of the console project. Okay. So previously uh, in that console console project and console environment class, uh, we were just instantiating in memory store without any arguments in the constructor. And now I've added a synchronous event handler class. It's in the build environment method, which is the first method of uh, console environment. Oh, yes, I see it. It's around line 27-ish. Yep. And this uh, method is executed when the console starts up. And so what we're doing here, we have kind of a handler, which is called synchronous event handler, which you can perceive as a little bit of infrastructure. This infrastructure binds together in-memory store and multiple projections. And actually, you can perceive projection maybe to be a different form of application service. Okay, because yeah, that's what it seemed like a little bit. Well, actually, yeah. it's a little bit deformed. Application services t- typically react to commands, and projections seem to react to events. Yes, but it's, uh, it's similar to application service in, in a sense that application service handles messages, and projection service handles uh, messages as well. Mm-hmm. Application service uh, handles uh, command messages, and there is a really distinct semantic uh, about that because we know that commands are different from events. 
and projection is subscribed to events. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we have handler, which is new synchronous handler, which is just a class uh, to contain all the registered projections. And this class is passed to in-memory store. And within this in-memory event store, what we do is uh, when we try to persist events, concurrently and immediately with persisting these events, we'll actually be calling projections. I see. Well, we'll uh, to be more precise, we'll be calling handler.handle, which inside the handle method in the same console environment class, uh, just below the in-memory store class. But it's in the same console environment file, just below the uh, in-memory store class. Okay. Okay, so the synchronous event handler, it's just a list and two behaviors. One behavior is register handler, which adds a, a projection to the list. And the second one is a handle event, which simply tries to execute an event on top of each handler. Okay. Okay, and this code, it's, uh, like it's really for the demo purposes right now mm-hmm. because it with our uh, code, but it's, for instance, it has a dangerous peculiarity that if projection fails, then uh, our uh, attempt to save something to the uh, event store will also fail, which will mean that the application service call will fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, in reality, it's usually better to have projections decoupled from uh, the application services. Right, okay. On the other side, if we're talking about introducing SecureS concepts, command and query responsibility segregation concepts, to some maybe legacy system or the system where developers decided that they don't want to have any number of projections, and they are okay with updating read side with events completely synchronously. So in this case, like this pattern where uh, projections are hardwired directly into the uh, application service, this can be a valid scenario. Okay. So uh, in this case, though we have messages, the projection methods are called immediately as soon as they're passed out uh, by record and realize. <laughs> And then in the console environment creation code, we declare our three projections, which is Active Factories projection, Worker Registry projection, and Inventory projection. We register them within the register handler. Uh, where are we? Uh, it's the first uh, method, which is build environment in the console environment uh, filing class. Uh, I'd say it's currently line 37. Okay. But on the amount of comments that you add, it can be uh, 258. Yes, correct. Yeah, I try to avoid line numbers now because I realize who knows what I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's around line 37, but yeah, okay, cool. So uh, a synchronous event handler, it's a way to plug multiple projections directly into the in-memory store. So anytime an event is being saved to this uh, in-memory event store, all uh, subscribed event handlers will be called. Okay. That's our sort of fake kind of pub sub thing going on. Yes, it's uh, it's synchronous pops up. Yeah, it's a, for instance to decouple classes in the code while still binding together their execution mm-hmm. and uh, binding together like their failures. Okay. Uh, when we uh, move forward, we'll actually decouple our active uh, like our projections not only in the code they will be sitting not only in separate classes but they will be temporarily decoupled. So we'll have queues between them. Uh, this way, if one of the projection fails no other projections will fail. This becomes really helpful, for instance, if you have 20 projections in your code. Or if you have projections which are spread all across the globe, mm-hmm. which are uh, happen to be populating reports 
like maybe some really complex reports and you have, oh, uh, the reason why you might have uh, like projections hosts uh, spread around the globe is that because you have so many readers or visitors to your website. Right. Each of the projections, like you can have the same instance, like similar copy of the projection deployed to different places and each projection might not even update the document but it can might actually render the HTML snippet or JSON document sitting somewhere in CDN. And then the client UI uh, will not lo uh, go into the document and r somehow render it to the UI. Instead, it will just fetch the snippet and uh, just plug it into the UI. Mm -hmm. To make sure we have slightly better concept, imagine our system, it publishes events. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is a data pipe of events coming out. Yes. And this data pipe, it can be really cheaply multiplexed so you can have, for example, node, which takes all events and then splits it uh, every event, pushing them to two distinct pipes. Mm -hmm. Or you can have actually a four-layer cascade where events are immediately pushed uh, to thousands of uh, pipes around the world. And on each pipe, you can have projection, which is plugged into this pipe and simply uh, intercepts and listens to the events that it is interested in. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's slightly different uh, maybe representation uh, or understanding as opposed to a projection being subscribed to event. Because here we uh, might think that projection grabs and fetches uh, events from somewhere. Oh. Uh, and data pipe uh, analogy is different that in the sense that events are spread around and projections just happen to sit on this pipe. I see. Uh, okay. And discard the events are not interesting. Uh, why is this important? LinkedIn, Twitter infrastructure, for instance, they're amazing and huge scalability. They're based on that simple principle of event pipes. Of course, there are like distinct architectures. There are distinct ways to handle the events. Some pipes are passive projections, which are simply projecting new tweets into the Redis document storage. Some pipes are actually slightly more complicated because they happen to manage subscriptions and manage to push events to the interested subscribers. But the core concept of uh, event pipe, it's uh, how the Twitter, for instance, does its magical thing. I see. But uh, this is an analogy that will be important later on. Okay. I don't think you would use projections for what I was going to ask. And if you would, it's not going to be overly relevant right now. It's just confusing. So let's ignore it. <laughs> well, uh, maybe. So what, what? If I wanted to dedicate a service or some kind of thing that takes my messages and, and makes a custom view for some other non-English speaker or something. Then we can have uh, a projection in this country, like a server, mm -hmm. which is maybe to global event pipe and it updates the documents when events come in and while updating these uh, documents it also maybe calls Google Translate. Right, something like that. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, maybe we'll, in this case we might want to partition the entire system and have the Japanese factories, application services, servers for Japanese factories to be located within the same country as a project server for Japanese. Mm -hmm. I see. Uh, basically, it's all uh, flexible, and we can talk about different topologies later. Okay. Okay. Mm, what else is uh, unclear in my overly complicated and complex uh, description of projections? Well, I'm looking. I'm still looking in the console environment.cs class, and that's in the console project. And I see where we're wiring the projections. Nothing's coming to mind, but it, I'm sure it will when I start digging through all of this stuff and trying to actually understand what's going on and not, you know, looking at the microphone in my face. <laughs> so, Hopefully, uh, the projection concept will not be anything uh, really new or strange because at this point, it is just 
extremely similar to the aggregate state. The distinction is that it is pushed to a different class, and we have multiple projections. And these projections are not dedicated to the event, well, they are not always dedicated to the event stream of a single aggregate. They accept multiple event streams. And this is how we're able to create reports which consider like multiple uh, factories, for instance. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking and I'm going back to the domain project where there's a new folder called projections, those are that's actually where the projections are in this sample. Yeah, so each one of these projections inside the projections folder has just a different set of events that it's claiming to care about. And work. what's this uh, magical... I just opened up worker registry projection. Couple. Yeah, tuple, yeah. Okay, uh, I was being lazy and I didn't want to create a valid object, which uh, <laughs> probably, and I guess it would be better since it uh, confuses you. Uh, in the final code, replace the tuple with a worker name and his association with factory class. So tuple is just a, a quick way to define a bag with properties. Oh, okay. Cool. All right, uh, was there any other new... If you look at the sample code here compared to the last time we saw it, is that all the new stuff? Well, I happened to throw out btw.portable, but I'm not sure that uh, this code even uh, made it into the published samples. So the core, the essence of projections is just these uh, event handlers, which are subscribed to events and which update some views later in the episodes. We'll just happen to make these projections to be decoupled by infrastructure and to be uh, updating some real persistence and we'll maybe uh, we'll add also functionality that allows these projections to be rebuilt from scratch because when you have a history recorded in event stream and when you add a new projection immediately uh, of course you want to have this projection to contain a view where the view would be there as if it existed from the beginning of the system and in order to do that, we just load the projection and run all the history of events for the projection before starting the actual server. I see. So because I think projections gets us into the concepts of actually, you know, if, you've, if you're coming from a non-distributed systems background and you haven't really messed with CQRS and all the stuff we're talking about so far, you might be wondering, you know, on day one, when you load up your first simple hello world, you usually have some kind of view and you've got a form on the screen or you've got some kind of user interface where you're seeing the words hello world and and up to this point we've been doing just a lot of console stuff we haven't projected any of our event data to a web page or to an iphone app or anything like that but the stuff we're covering in this episode renat is the views that we generate whatever they are those are going to be the things that transfer the data to whatever literally the view <laughs> the the ui that we want to show people stuff Absolutely. And actually, uh, in my systems, like for instance, in ASP.NET MSC application, the views, which are uh, view models in ASP.NET uh, Web UI, it's actually the same class that is stored, uh, like it's a document. So uh, when I need to display something, I just load the class from the database and bind it directly to the view. So you can literally t- generate a view, the projection can generate a view that gets data bound right to. I'm using data bound as if you're using Silverlight or WPF or something. But if you were, you could just data bind that that class right to the UI. Yes, absolutely. Cool. And like I'm designing the projection. So if I have uh, some UI, then somewhere close to this UI will be a set of projections, which are like uh, used only uh, by this UI. So I don't uh, define views like in the domain to be used by everybody. Instead, uh, for each interested party, 
that uh, is displaying some part of this domain, I define the projections. And these projections are independent from all other components. This way, uh, the, for, for instance, if I have client UI and admin UI, they can develop, uh, evolve independently without breaking or affecting any, uh, each other. And because the views are persistent read models, right? Yeah. Are they ever dynamically generated like per request? Or are they always sitting there pre-calculated out? They're always sitting there pre-calculated. Well, uh, in 95%, you'll have them pre-calculated. Okay. So you'll, you'll be anticipating, you know, when user ID carry is logged in and he wants to see the folders he has access to at the moment, there will be some kind of view that already has that list in it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. And that's a really important feature because we're talking about uh, learning the domain by creating these aggregates and like maybe noticing some differences and disparities because we were publishing some event and there wasn't some information there. And so we were using this code uh, relations to find some problems in the domain. And actually uh, writing a projections to uh, display some usable reports, it's also additional way to strengthen your domain because sometimes you will uh, catch the missing data in the events or missing relations in the events simply because not because of aggregate code, but because of a projection code down the stream. Hmm. And because in this example or in this model, we're taking advantage of eventual consistency, and the, so that therefore the the UI that you're using is viewing a a document that's been persisted at a point in time. So it could it could get a little stale, even though I realize the views could get updated every second if you wanted to. But what trick or rule of thumb do you use to decide if you're going to let the user know how fresh the data is they're looking at or not? Uh, I think that will be a better uh, topic to discuss when we actually start decoupling projections. Okay, when you decouple them. Okay. Uh, right now, the projections are updated immediately. Because they're in memory. <laughs> well, and, they're, they're in- and they're synchronous. Yeah, because they are synchronously. Yeah. Uh, we can have in, uh, in-memory projections which are updated asynchronously. I see. Okay. Okay, so so uh, is there anything uh, else complicated about the projection code? I don't think so. I think when I get a chance to not speak and play this back and listen, I, I think it's going to make sense. But I sort of already kind of knew what these things were doing. So, uh, guys, if you're listening to this and it's making no sense, please go ask those questions and we can we can answer them in a follow-up episode if I've completely missed uh, great opportunities to ask questions here because I was uh, bouncing around Visual Studio and looking at volume levels and stuff. So I'm sure there's other stuff I might have missed in this one too. So <laughs> just let us know on the website if, uh, if that's the case. And uh, we're absolutely okay with acknowledging stupid uh, stuff and correcting because, hey, we are being the worst podcast. That's right. Hey. <laughs> so uh, it sounds like we're not, I think you think we have it covered, right? Well, we have, we have covered the core principle of projections. And uh, afterwards, like the stuff that we'll be doing with projections is just technical details. Okay. With the splitting, synchronous, asynchronous, and all that. Absolutely. Um, any uh, hints as to what we might, what naturally is going to come next, or not really sure yet? Uh, not really sure yet. I'll need to think about it. Okay. So we'll. Uh, We'll stop recording. I'll get back to editing so we can actually publish these things. Sorry for the uh, delays a little bit, guys. Uh, just fell a little bit behind. So I, we try to get one out every week if we can, but I think we've gone over that uh, this week, so apologize. But we haven't gone anywhere. We like to see those numbers going up, and they have been going up steadily. So uh, thank you for listening. Again, we're at beingtheworst.com, at beingtheworst on Twitter, 
And anything else you want to say or not? Mm, not much at the moment, but if uh, like as this uh, podcast continues going forward, there definitely is quite a bit of cool stuff coming down the road. Yeah, I look forward to that. And are we um, in a previous episode? We talked about "Don't Break the Chain" as potentially being the sample code. Is that still seeming like it's going that way? Or is that still moving forward? Or is it stalled? What's going on with that? Worst, uh, being the worst being a sample code. Yes, absolutely, it is the sample code. Uh, that's the code for I've been using uh, in, at classes during the Africa, and that's a code that I'm planning to use uh, in many other places. So it is that sample code. Uh, wait, uh, you're, you mean the code we're using or the code from Don't Break the Chain? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I was referring to being the worst. Oh. Uh, Don't Break the Chain, unfortunately, I, sorry, guys, I didn't have time to dedicate uh, the time for that. So we'll figure out what the next episode is going to be and which uh, code base we're going to be using to keep moving these concepts forward because being a newbie to this stuff, this particular uh, set of stuff, I have no idea what we're still missing. I'd have to go look at the study map. So I'll be just as excited as you guys are to see what Renat pops out of his head because in the last few episodes, I had no idea you were going to be spitting up cool diagrams of our uh, of our domain and all that stuff. So who knows what other tricks you got buried in there that you're going to just uh, pop on me next time. So Okay. Cool. Uh, thanks for listening, folks, and talk to you later. Take it easy, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>